We just finished watching episode seven, Penguin's Umbrella, and what have we learned? Oh my God, we learned it was the best episode ever. Jim Gordon can take two shots, take a two hour nap, and then he's out saving the city. Maybe he has a slight headache, a little loss of appetite, but that's about it. We learned that Montoya and Alan can actually swallow their pride and admit when they were wrong and save Gordon's life. It was touching, it was touching. And then, well, let's see, what happened else? In the end, something about the penguin. Oh my God, twist, who wrote this in my Shyamalan? I'm Chad Perkins, and this is the Gotham After Show. Come on. Before there was Batman, there was Gotham. And this is the Gotham After Show. Welcome to the Gotham After Show, the show that films nearly 24 hours after the episode of Gotham to give you guys plenty of time to send us your questions, comments, get in on the conversation. My name is Chad Perkins, and to my right, please welcome a panel of Gotham and Batman aficionados and experts, starting with David Cottingham, host of In the Comics podcast, which you can listen to at inthecomics.com. That's comics with an X. Because it's in the mix of all things comics. How are you doing, Dave? (laughs) Very good. How are you doing, Chad? I am excellent. Thank you for asking. Good job. And filling in for Corey Cooley, he is a comic book and toy aficionado and expert. Please welcome Charles Thompson. Thank you. Thank you. Charles. Yeah. How are we doing? Doing well. What's you, man? I'm still great. Well, (laughs) I was wondering about the the actual show part, though, because of what we're going to be talking about. I'm still kind of stunned from last night, so I'm looking forward to talking about this. Well, what we always like to do is start out with some quick initial reactions, and since you're our (sighs) guest, we'll start with you, Charles. Well, to me, it was the best comic book show that I've seen in a long time because there's so many twists happening throughout that episode, and that flashback scene just... I mean, the the shot coming up over the hill, the umbrella, and then the flashback. Oh, that, that was priceless. Mm-hmm. Because everyone on that show looks at Penguin like he's a bumbling fool that should be dead. And he's been the puppet master the entire time. And to me, being able to pull those marionette strings so easily by getting Falcone, Maroney... Um, Baloney, sorry. I thought yes, we were rhyming. Yes, I thought yes. we were rhyming. But... Uh, Fish, all of those characters, and then including uh, being able to pull that off with uh, with uh, James. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. you know, being able to do that the way he's done it. It's 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 so early in the season. I'm what's left for them to give me? You know, it's just it's something almost a lot of shows would give you as a season finale. Sure. And this is just what five or six episodes in. Seven. So, seven. Seven. So seven. what about you? It's flying by. What about you, Dave? <laughs> no, that's true. Um, <clears throat> it did feel like a mid-season finale because you know a lot of these shows are doing that now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Charles, right? I, I feel like this is. I feel like we were going to get to this point with Penguin much later. But I, I love what they're doing. I, I think again, I think Arrow kind of set the precedent. This is how Arrow kind of uh, you know yeah. is with their excitement per episode. Everything feels like it's the season finale and. I'm glad we got this because, you know, there wasn't a couple down. There were good episodes these last few episodes, but this one was by far the best one that we've gotten from Gotham. What I think is best pre-credit sequence ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, just what if you just if you just see what happens before the Gotham logo comes up, it's just it's it's impressive. But let's let's take it from the beginning with Harvey <coughs> punching out Gordon and then Gordon <laughs> completely taking him down. Uh, what did you guys think about 
the whole Gordon Bullock relationship because it's come a long way uh, to where they were, they were they're joking around, they're palling around, and now it's like, oh, the honeymoon really is over. I know I've said that before, but like now it's like, wow. And then of course we see later that completely turns around. But what were, what was your all's initial thoughts uh, between well, the two? Well, you know. It's, it's it's a little easy for me because I I'm really big in the comic books and you know you, you again I keep harping at there's a really good detective arc uh, in detective an arc in detective comics with Bullock and I think this is why we got his backstory in the last um, episode because you know he has those t that tendency of being a good cop he wanted to be a good cop. So it's not surprising that he's backing Gordon now, you know, even after, even in the face of his life uh, or his death. Um, so, I mean, at first, it was a little surprising to see him think about killing him and taking him, you know, and so he, to save him. But uh, in the end, I loved how I love how he came around. It was awesome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Charles, what do you think about the size of Gordon's cojones? <laughs> by getting these blank um, uh, arrest warrants or uh, um, help me out here the, the pre-signed pre judges yeah. warrants yeah. yes yes thank you um, and taking the mayor and Falcone in do you think this was just him signing his own death warrant what were you thinking what was going through your mind well the good thing about Gotham is that with many of the characters we know because of the of the canon that's established, that they're not going to die. <laughs> right. At least we know that Jim's not going anywhere. But it does lend some some issues with other characters that are kind of like extraneous to him who could be taken out. So when he did that, uh, it immediately set everything in motion, which was fantastic. Because, you know, with uh, with the mayor alone, you know, now that dynamic between him and the mayor's office because before it was like, oh, you're the hero. You helped save, save these kids a few episodes back. Now he knows how much of a sniveling, spineless creep this guy really is. And now he has unabated proof that it's happened. Because uh -huh. he's tied in with Falcone now. So for him, any time that anything comes up from here on out, everything will be questioned about the mayor. So that dynamic alone really sets a lot of things in motion for down the road because he may be able to hold this over the mayor now and get some protection. Because he's got protection from Falcone, he can get protection from the mayor now and start kind of doing the things that he wants to do, potentially, to improve the department because the mayor wants to be mayor. He wants that power and he's not gonna do anything to give that up. And if he has to give in to some things with Jim Gordon, that may come about. Hmm. Dave, what do you think about Gordon's status as far as a detective in the GCPD when he just came to work and everyone's like, what, what the hell is he doing here? I mean, is this the start of his, like, his legend? Is he now legendary? <laughs> I don't think he's legendary yet. But I, I, obviously, obviously, no one else is, everyone else is corrupt. You know, or scared. Or scared out yeah. of their mind, right? And that's, that's a good point because I think it is probably the majority of them are scared, you know. Like what the captain said, you know, I have a family. You know, I'm, I'm worried about my family. Even though I may want to do the good thing, I can't. Yeah. This is probably, hopefully, what's going to be the start of 
changing the culture of the of, of, of GCPD because mm -hmm. that's ultimately what's got to happen is there's got to be cops that are able to stand up against the criminals in order to um, you know just start the changeover the corruption but obviously you can't go that far because you can't right completely clean it up without Batman being there who was who was wanting a single cop to stand up and say I'm Jim Gordon and then another <laughs> stands up no I'm Jim Gordon <laughs> <laughs> well I'll tell you this I I'm I'm so happy they did that scene because the one thing that I think all of us, we've talked about it outside of this show, of course, uh, many times about that dynamic between Bullock and Gordon and about how this, this uh, abrasive connection between the two was there and now the only person in that entire department that stood up to help Jim was Bullock. And right. now he knows that he's got his back. He's gone the extra mile. He's, he's gone to Falcone's home to help serve a warrant. And to do that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt to Gordon that Bullock's got his back. And to me, that really makes their partnership so much more valid. But on top of it, it, it tells the other cops that they, he took a guy that we knew was taking money and was corrupt <coughs> and everything, and he's turned him good, or at least somewhat good. And somebody's going to follow suit. And I don't know if it's going to be the captain, but someone's going to come along and start coming around. Yeah, because the captain at least didn't run out right. like everyone else. And he said, get out of here, get out of here. At least yeah. he kind of stood there. And, and it is, I mean, it's shocking as a viewer. Like, it's shocking because that really illustrates really just how corrupt Gotham is. I mean, There's 50 not cops a single here. cop. Try something. No. And he says, leave. Yeah. Please. And he says, please. At least he's polite. Well, but, yeah. uh, you know, but the, the problem, not the problem, but the thing about it is what's confusing a little bit is when Falcone says, you know, you can't have, you can't have corruption without law and order. I mean, where's the law and order? Well, at least maybe a facade of I law and order, I guess, think? but if they're contro all controlled or fearful of the crime bosses, then basically the crime is really running everything. Well, and, and to that point, though, you've... When he's talking about that, I think he's going about the, the lines of, you've got the truly terrible killers, rapists, everything in Gotham that they have to police. But as long as the criminals, the, the ones that aren't connected to the crime syndicates, those are the guys that they're arresting, then everything else on the peripheral is okay. Mm. Because so, there's, yeah. a, there's a veil of security, at least to the citizens of Gotham, and the corrupt in the in the underworld that's there, that's kind of that. Eh, we'll let that skirt by because we're all getting a little something under the table. Right. So all if right. it's organized crime, it's all good. But if it's unorganized yeah. crime, you got to take that down. But that's that veil of security because <laughs> yeah. if you didn't have that happening, the citizens of Gotham would turn on the entire city then, and you'd have riots in the street. Right. Uh, it's similar to the what the that couple that was kidnapping the kids, right? I guess. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You so, go after those. Or the doll maker. Right. That's who was behind it, I guess. And you know what? That's a, yeah. It brings up a good point. I love the fact that this isn't a freak of the week mm. show. And it kind of mm. had that taste in the it beginning. Did. It did. It, it did. But, but they had to get a few had, characters. Yeah, because you had the balloon man. Right. You had the doll maker apparently mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you have a murder. You have a crime. This is the first one that I guess there wasn't a crime 
that they were investigating. The crime was Jim not killing the penguin. That's right. Yeah, so each episode was kind of crime-based, uh, but this one was him, you know, trying right. to survive. Right. And this one, you know, we've said it before on this show, I felt like this episode was more of a Bruce Wayne episode. I feel like this episode was more right. of a, you know, Bullock episode, obviously. This one was a Gordon episode. Absolutely. Through and through, with a little bit of Barbara in there and, and some Bullock and everything else, but man. And of course, every episode's a penguin episode. Yeah, every episode. Say. Yeah. Totally. So we got introduced to a new villain from the actual from the comics from the Rogue Gallery, Rogues Gallery, uh, Victor Zaz. Would you guys think of this actor's performance of him? The Mist. The Mist. <laughs> from Flash. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If anybody's watching Flash out there. <laughs> right. Of course. Same guy. Right. I well, I don't. It is the same guy. Looks like the same guy. It is the same guy. Okay, then yeah. it's the same guy. It is the same guy. Okay. What would you think about it? <laughs> Good for that guy. Residuals. And we've established know, right? that it's the same guy. Do so obviously it's not in the same universe. Uh, but anyway, oh, yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, no, this was uh, you know we saw we saw previews of this for a while now uh, with him on the on top of the. My name is Victor Zach. Yeah, on top of the uh, police. Good for you, buddy. Police. Uh, Desk. Desk and uh, yelling out for Gordon. Um, interesting, you know, interesting look for this Zaz. Um, you know, he's always been kind of bald. He's always been bald as far as the incarnations. Uh, we looked up his first appearance, and I already forgot again. Uh, Shadow, Shadow of the Bat. Shadow Shadow of the Bat. One, number one. 1992. 1992. I just repeat what he says. Yeah, yeah. very good. Two bucks uh, on eBay. Hey. Grab him now. All day. All day. <laughs> All day. He, he, he's... <laughs> He's got several of them already. Yeah. Live action. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, no more ad-libbing from Charles. But, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see the, uh, you know, I, it, it, he's never been this cleaned up, you know. He's never, at least what I know about him, he's never really worked for somebody. He's always kind of on his own. He's, he's just a serial killer, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Um, and he's, and it, it's, it was cool to see him do the mark you know they had to, they had to unfortunately they had to cast some one one show cop hey the only good cop besides gordon i know she right was like, what's going on <laughs> nah she would have left if she oh was she's in. gone yeah, she wasn't obviously in the room she just didn't yeah. know like she was grabbing pumped? a donut man yeah. she was <laughs> <laughs> all my late for the walk out um i love i love the look of the batman begins victor's ass mm-hmm. that was kind of the one that's been always portrayed kind of in the comic books, you know. So this one was a little different, but um, but, but very cool take. I, I think we're obviously going to get a lot more of him. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty pretty staple villain for uh, Falcon. So we saw his uh, his twenty eighth kill. Yeah. What do you what do you think about? Uh, I mean, going forward, how, how much how much skin is this guy going to have? I mean, do we know what kind of count he's on in, in the comics currently? Oh, it's it's a ton. Um, a lot, lot more. There's uh, been marks. books, yeah, there's been where he's got it all over his body. Yeah, he's on yeah. his legs yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So. He's all over. I guess. I don't know. That's just terrible. <laughs> he's going to have to get a, do like a servant just so he can mark 503. I ran out of space. Right. You know. Well, wow. I, I think with him, though, it was, it was nice to see that they're continuing that the villains of Gotham are merciless. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he just capped that lady twice in the legs, and then, you know, she's just begging for her life, and he's like, and then he just starts marking her off. And, and the fact that, you know, he takes a box cutter, you know, that just, 
there's something about blades in the Batman Rose Galleries. Right. You know, it's it's always fascinating. Blades and knives. Yeah. 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 They always seem to have something mm-hmm. sharp. But uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. So how uh, shocked were you guys when Gordon actually gets shot? Not once, but twice. I mean, I was kind of like, oh, most people can't really bounce back from getting shot twice. Uh, and then, he, like I said in the intro, he takes a two-hour nap, and he's a little help walking, but he's pretty much fine. I mean, uh, what do you? were you guys shocked by this? Uh, I, I thought when he first got hit, I thought he had a vest on. Maybe he was going to say he had a vest on, you know, but but he obviously was bleeding, and you know, whenever the whenever the blood's like on the side or something like that, you know, it's like eh, it's not gonna be that <laughs> it's bad. Gut yeah. flesh wound. It's a flesh wound. Then he gets shot in the leg, I guess. Is that? It was in the. I think it was the. I think oh, the second yeah, child guess, was in the I leg. Guess, I guess he did. Yeah. Um, They're obviously not trying to kill him. So yeah. So Just I mean, everybody, everybody, if do you, if everybody doesn't know. Um, we just real quick. We had done a we had done a film before where I actually talked to a detective to get some research on. And I remember the first thing he told me was, every time you see someone get shot in the movies, like they would die in real life. Right. You know, there's no way. Right. <laughs> he would. He should have technically died. But you know, they they explain and you know, he doesn't get no major arteries or organs were hit. So you know, a bullet went through. Well, actually, I think she had to take the bullets out, but right. which is usually pretty so, bad. But yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, a little, little far fetched. But uh, you know, it's Jim Gordon, man. He had a little limp, a little bit. Uh, yeah, he limped a little bit, like a pimp yeah. limp. Pimp limp. A little bit. It's got the uh, cobble pot shuffle. Yeah, happening now. Walk yeah, a little side. Once he got the Falcons, it didn't, it didn't even look like he got shot. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I walked I mean, it off. <laughs> wait for a Monty Python line of just it's a flesh wound. Yeah, exactly. I've had worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, only one Bruce Wayne scene. Because again, this was a pretty gym centric episode, but uh, the best. It made yeah. me tear up a little bit. Yeah, it was like that was a good. Sh- that was a good. That was good. Like, and before we get to that, though, we have to. We need to talk about the the two major crimes cops too. Right, they, they, they came to the rescue. They did. They rolled up. They saved him. They said, "You need a ride." And he said, "No, I'm fine. I'm just hanging out here. You'll get, <laughs> I'll get the next one. You guys go ahead." Yeah, I need a ride. That's what he should have said. That would have been great. Did you Did you think it was a little over the top though with the music? Yeah, because they they changed it to this triumphant. Yeah, to me it was like, oh no, just you don't need music right there. They don't do it in Law and Order. Just <laughs> that's Law and Order. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he does get <laughs> saved by the two people who've been trying to put him away. Right. But also, like I said, they can admit when they're wrong. And that, let me ask you this: Speaking of of Montoya and uh, Alan, if they were in the precinct. When Zaz came in, they wouldn't have walked out. I think no. they're dead, though. You think they would have been dead? I think he would have killed both of you them. You think they would have pulled on him and got shot? Oh, there would have been a lot more of a gunfight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, because we got to remember there's two other hench people. Right. Hench women yeah. with, with Zaz there. So, you know, you've got three guns and they're, they don't care. They're going to kill whatever they got to kill. And if those folks come in, they'll kill them, too. And, I just don't know if they're skilled to get away like Jim is because he can survive many a wound. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. He's, right. Yeah. He's the healing ability is barely on. So. And then also Alfred, strong arming. Yeah. A detective. Well, a cop. wasn't he a military man back in the day though? Well, I guess that's the that's the one that they're portraying, right? Yeah. Because he was uh, what? What's the British? MI6. Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. now that's never been said in the show, though, has it? Not on the show, for not yet. Yeah, at least um, he, he's uh, and he's not. I don't think he is in the. I don't think he's in the current comic book. I don't know if he. It's is a uh, Batman Year One. Year One. That's he, where they talk about that. Um, oh, also in Earth Two, or I'm sorry, Earth One. Oh, that's Earth One. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Earth. One, not Year One. About. Earth. Yeah, one. Earth One. He's he's a military background. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the I think the new DCU is, is portraying him as a as a former military as well. So the, uh, yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy Iron says obviously that Alfred. incarnation of Alfred that we're dealing with in the I think the show. so I think yeah. so mm-hmm. as illustrated in next week's right which we'll have to talk about next week right. but I do maybe wanna, a little bit at the end of the maybe a little bit at the end guys maybe maybe we'll get to it I don't know uh, <laughs> yeah uh, any thing to say on the big hug the hug heard round the manor. You're still misty-eyed. I'm a little bit. It it was. It reminded me a lot of the uh, the coat scene in Batman Begins, just mm. that connection between the two characters. Yeah. Just that you know he's he yeah, really cares good. about him and Bruce cares about Jim and that that's just uh, it was nice to have witnesses to that, having the major crimes cops that just again personifies how Jim is going to be perceived as the leader of that bunch now. Because I think there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of equity in what's coming, uh, or what has happened with that scene. Him standing up to Zaz and standing up to Falcone and Bullock's siding with him and now the cops that have been trying to persecute him see the 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 kid that's you know uh, an orphan now. He's hugging Jim Gordon as a father figure. That That has to say to them that this man's a good man and if they want to change Gotham, it's going to go through him. Everyone's team Gordon. Everyone's team Gordon now. We should make shirts. We will. Be, I, I already on it. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> I am now. I would. <laughs> My phone over here. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> team Gordon. Yeah. 1995. No, I think it was. Uh, no, it was. Uh, I didn't expect. I expect. I expected a, a close-up of a handshake, a really good handshake. You know, I, that kind of caught me when he leaped into his. He's like. Yeah, <laughs> brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a yeah, exactly. hug. But it, it was it was very good because uh, even Gordon had that surprised look on his face, you know, um, you know, and it was weird because at first, I mean, Bruce got pretty upset, you know, because he was, don't treat me like a child, you know, mm-hmm. and, and but he was saying you are a child, you know. So there's still that um, there's still that dynamic there of of. Um, yeah, Gordon thinking of him as still an orphan, I guess you know, and and Bruce trying to be uh, trying to do more because I don't know. I guess Gordon probably doesn't know about all of this detective work that he's been doing, trying to figure stuff out. He doesn't know about that kind of stuff, so right. he may just think he's just kind of sitting back trying to you know just unless he saw the board. He's like, oh, nice bulletin board with string and wire to pictures and what's going yeah. on here. Probably didn't. They probably hide that one. But it's weird. It, isn't it weird that uh, you know when they show up, it's like, yeah, bring them up to the room that we always yeah. Let's go uh, up to that room let's with the fire go to the it. study. That's obviously the nicest <laughs> room in the house. Yeah. Every other room is drafty. I think everybody makes fun of that on online. Yeah. Is like, are we ever going to see another room in Wayne Manor? I mean, Look, Alfred's a busy man. <laughs> it's yeah. really hard to clean that whole flipping mansion. Right. Give the man a break. What else does he got to do? Exactly. 
He's they, raising a kid. Oh, I can barely take care of myself. See my place. <laughs> the, yeah. the kid stays in one room. That's right. He doesn't right. even eat. He sleeps on a couch yeah. in there. Doesn't lock the door. Yeah. Catwoman's gonna catnap him. Yeah, she's probably staying in the guest room. Catnap him. They don't even know. That's right. <laughs> she's like, um, guys, I'm here too. Yeah. This is really touching. Can I, I see her eating all your three-way food? Three-way hug. I'm not eating it. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you leaving your bowls on the floor? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's a flea collar. Uh, <laughs> you just ran with it. Yeah, I just yeah. ran, I just ran yes. that into the ground. Um, <laughs> One joke too many. Penguin, which we can now really call Penguin, because everyone's calling him. Everyone's yeah. doing it. Team Penguin t-shirts. Penguin's 1995. umbrella. What? Copyright. Penguin's umbrella. That's right. Um, he really stepped up, and he, they ended up taking out Nikolai, correct? That's the uh, the guy yep. in uh, Falcone's uh, camp. And then, I, I don't know, the henchman who turns on uh, Penguin. I forgot his name, but he's he's basically... He's wanting to take him out because he thinks he's you know, pulling the wool over uh, Maroney's eyes. and I, I think he just doesn't like the competition, really. He's kind of totally. getting a little jealous. But then he pays off the other two henchmen more and gives it to him. And he says something very interesting. There's nothing. Uh, nope, that's not right. He says, uh, when you know what a man loves, you know how to kill him, mm -hmm. basically. And uh, he loved money. Right. And then he just almost slowly stabs him. Just like, I'm going to put this right here now. Didn't he say something like love conquers all or something yeah, like that? He, later yeah, later on he says love conquers all. I think that's when he's like kissing his head. Yeah. So let's dissect that scene. What's, we all know Penguin's not quite right, but what exactly is going on in this scene? What were your all thoughts about it? Yeah, uh, I, um, I, 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 I definitely, I don't know if you, I, call, I saw it coming as soon as, the guy started turning on him a little bit because obviously there's no way nothing's going to happen. Like you said earlier, nothing's going to happen to Penguin. So um, I kind of saw it coming and I thought, yeah, once he started talking about money, I was like, he he had to pay those other guys, man. Somehow he had to pay those guys to turn on him. So it's um, it's a start. I wonder, the question is, is what did he tell Maroney that happened? Is he saying that you know Mooney's guys killed the... Uh, or that guy, the other guys I would killed him? I would or, assume, yeah. You know, is he keeping those guys, is he paying them to keep them quiet? So eventually it can happen to Maroney. You know, it's, it, that's, yeah. that's kind of the question. The only question I have is what, is he keeping it close to the chest and just saying hmm. he mistakenly got killed? I don't know. Yeah. Well, from a power play end, you're, you're definitely want to say Nikolai stabbed uh, the Maroney henchman. Right. Yeah. And do it that way because now. Uh, Maroney's going to say, I've got to go after uh, Fish because they'll learn of the connection between them two, those two having that relationship and everything. But uh, I think, too, there was a power play by by Penguin because he easily could have just shot him. Mm -hmm. You know, just cap him in the head. He would have never known what was coming. But instead, being able to kill him in front of the two henchmen and those two thieves are going to talk amongst themselves but probably also talk inside of their own community and the lore of the penguin will start to build because he just took down the second most powerful crime boss in that in that group and took him down easily just a few bucks and, a, and a, two knife shots yeah and that that's where this is really getting to be interesting is 
I'm wondering near the end of the season if Penguin will either still be with Maroney or if he'll be his own crime boss. Because they're they're escalating his character so quickly. I mean, he's gone from, you know, being uh, yelled at and beaten up by Fish to being nearly killed by Gordon to uh, killing those two college kids and making it back to Gotham to now he's gone from dishwasher to, <laughs> to third guy to second guy mm-hmm. in a matter of seven episodes. Yeah. They're progressing him so quickly, there's got to be a big payoff coming. They wouldn't just do this... There's, there's going to be something, because now the mm. umbrella's established. I'm really looking forward to that. Mm. So let me ask, ask you guys this, because since Nikolai was killed, and we do know that Fish and he were banging, do you think he was just another piece of gym equipment, exercise equipment? or do you, I mean, she was playing him, obviously, just right. to get at Falcone. But, so you don't think she had, like, she was bummed when she found out that he got killed, or how do you think I, she took it? I think she's going to take it really hard. Because if you remember how she cried when Falcone beat the hell out of her boy toy in the bar. I think she was more she, mad crying. I don't, I mean, she was, it seemed like she was really torn up. I don't know. I mean, they've been having this relationship for a while, I think. But then she said to get rid of him. We're, we're talking about the bartender uh, guy. Well, she said after he was beaten up and probably no good to her uh-huh. to fool around, because... Every part of his body was bruised, so <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean, Dave, you have any opinion on that? Yeah, I I don't think she's, I don't think she's, uh, I think she enjoys their company and stuff like that. But I don't think she's tied to him at all. I mean, she was using him to help get Falcone out. So you think she's upset? Do you think this runs a plan that she had? Well, I think I think I just think it goes back to uh, what she said to Nikolai. Was he knows something? I mean. She, She's like, he's acting weird. He knows something, which we find out later he, he does. But, yeah. but uh, I think he, I think she just, I think she figured it out. And I think uh, this is kind of a result of kind of knowing something about what Falcon may know. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, she'll move on. She'll move on. Get the next guy. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. Uh, Butch, you know, maybe Butch. Butch, maybe Butch has a chance now. We saw we saw some interesting uh, things from Gilzine in this episode. Yeah. He, he really turned on the the freaky and kind of the, the scary mm-hmm. in this one. But uh, I want to talk about Bullock now because he um, he's always kind of had the weird one liners. Uh, he had a lot in this episode, such as uh, would you do sit down with a panel of chimpanzees and a bucket of crack to figure that one out uh, i'm paraphrasing i think that's what it was uh, <laughs> uh he asks at uh at falcones do we get a last meal or smoke or anything or just talk do you, do you think he's going a little overboard with some of these little one-liners and zingers do you think it's uh affecting the show at all well it could be when you're very uncomfortable a lot of times especially with situations that you're not in people try to make jokes just to kind of let the moment breathe a little bit. Defense mechanism. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what this is because he is getting pushed past his comfort zone. Sure. This isn't yeah. what he's accustomed to. I mean, he's he's basically the guy that puts his nose down, does the status quo, turns the other cheek, looks the other way, all those things. And, uh, you know, now he's kind of being pushed. And this could be something that this is his way of just being like, hey, I got to. I gotta make, I gotta cope with this, and the mm-hmm. only way I can is to make it funny, because I don't know what else to 
else to do because the next second I could get killed. I might as well just laugh about it and hopefully maybe he's the Joker. Okay. <laughs> no, but uh, but that's that's what I'm thinking. This is. I don't think it's anything about them trying to make him comic relief because if they did that, uh, I think it'd be a waste of a good character. Yeah. We obviously know that he grows. His character is growing and is has already had an arc of sorts and so forth. He did bring a prostitute over to Jim's house to bang her, though. That's that's Harvey Bullock right there. Yeah. Marco. Yeah, yeah that, was, uh, that was pretty crazy. That was pretty weird. Yeah, yeah you even Jim was disgusted. And, and, and obviously, yeah. Gordon, well, Gordon didn't do anything about it. I guess <laughs> he's like, okay, you're here. That's I'm just cool. glad you're here. Do whatever you want. Just glad you're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, now let's, for the next half hour talk about the significance of funky town being the ringtone on zaz's phone because oh, i think it means so something. good what do, what do you guys think i think it means something let's talk about this. he likes good music uh <laughs> i thought it was great i yeah i, I think the what's the significance in the comics of funky town uh <laughs> i don't know okay well, I think that was a nice... I think the music license was just cheap for that song, so they yeah, bought it. We get Funky Town. <laughs> that's that's a really good point. That's really... Let's have a, a serial killer have Funky Town as his ringtone. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's another part of his character, too, is that you saw how he was very polite. Please leave. But he's a stone-cold killer. Mm. But yet, he has a other side it's where... a playful side. Yeah. It's, I I liked it. I thought it was a very nice moment just because yeah. you're like, what the? Oh, that's just, wow, yes. that's pretty cool. Yes, indeed. We have uh, a couple of viewer questions, which are on the old uh, tweet, tweet machine here in my pocket. Tweet machine. So I'm going through to. only uh, a device. Yeah, if only there was a device where we could, people could contact us and ask us questions. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, there is. Here it is. A uh, couple. We're going to do a couple here. One is uh, from our our, uh, our our super fan, our good friend, King Darkheart, Russell Berger. He says, at Gotham After Show, that's us. By the way, follow us on Twitter, at Gotham After Show. Yeah. And everything else. Uh, I'll tell you what, also what you need to do, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash 21 network. That is 21 spelled out, 21 network. It's the network that we're a part of. Subscribe so you get all these just alerts. Like, hey, there's a new episode. And there's other stuff, like Star Wars... Uh, TCG in the comics, you know, all, yep. that, all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Anyway, Russell asks, knowing that Penguin, and I assume it's safe to call him that now, I agree, it is, is playing everyone but, but Falcone, is it safe to say that he's playing him too? I mean, he's a master manipulator. Uh, he's obviously playing chess while the others are just playing checkers, which Charles brought up. Hey, checkers, is, there's a lot of strategy in that too. But the crux of the question is, is he also playing Falcon? I don't know if he's... I don't know. I thought about that. I don't know if he's actually playing Falcone because if you if you kind of remember from the pilot, I think, this whole thing has been about taking over Fish Mooney's position, which where is she? She's kind of next in line after Falcone. So I think, it was, I think it's always just been a matter of getting her out of the way and becoming Falcone's right-hand man. Because I, I don't know mm -hmm. if he... I don't know if right at this moment he has aspirations to be the man, you know, the crime the crime boss. I don't know if that's there yet. But I do think, it, like I said, it goes back to the beginning where 
he's been snitching to kind of get Mooney out of the way so he can step in and be that person. And now this was his opportunity. Snitches get stitches. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They do. Cool. Charles? I think he's definitely playing him. Because of all the dynamics that he's done so far as through the character development that they've established on the show, he knows everyone's weakness. He said that in that little soliloquy before he killed the henchman. Mm-hmm. See, he, he's great at identifying weaknesses. He knows what Falcone's is. It's just not been revealed to us. And maybe it's gardening or maybe it's... Chickens. The chickens. I, what the hell is the chickens all about? <laughs> that, I mean... But he's this... He likes his eggs fresh, man. I guess. But he he seems like he's that he wants that life out in the country, but he also wants to be the big time crime boss. And why is he not tapping that with? Liza? But he's a gentleman too. I, th- he's, I I think he knows. I think he, I think she reminds him of his mom, and that would be creepy for him. That's true, but I think he knows. I think well, I that's think, yeah, that's right. I think that's too, at least in my mind, I think it's too obvious that this woman all of a sudden is listening to this opera thing and you know i just i think he knows i think he's 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 playing that side a little bit that he's he's letting her kind of do her thing and just just, you know report basically nothing you know she's right she's not giving him anything yeah Yeah. so i think he knows that i ain't dumb Mm. Mm. i think as far as cobblepot goes he is just wanting to get to the fish mooney level, but as soon as he does, he's going to outgrow that real quick and be like, you know what? I need to be number one. I need to be. Well, and a lot of people have probably forgotten that he's sitting on probably half a million dollars because he took the the money bag after he killed the mm-hmm. the, the four right. guys with the treats that he put the no drugs in. Yeah, yeah, he's got money, so he's not hurting. True. Yeah, I just don't. I, I I'd be surprised if he's very very if he's you know, very, very high up this season. I would agree with that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it, it, I think it'll take a couple seasons. Uh, our second question comes from Trisha1972. She says, at Gotham After Show, do you think we'll get a more in-depth origin story of Zaz? He started his tallying earlier than originally written. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think we'll get a... I don't think we'll get a... I don't know. I don't think we'll get a backstory. Um being not one of the villains, you know, uh, marketed in the beginning of the show, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like Riddler and Penguin. And um, what's weird is that we haven't had Ivy at all. I don't know if Besides that's... the pilot, yeah. yeah I don't know if that's going to come back. I, I'm assuming it's going to come back eventually, um, you know, or, or Catwoman. But, um, no, I think I, I think we may get a brief comment on some of the people he's killed or something like that, but I don't think there's going to be, I don't think there's going to be a backstory. I really, don't, I don't think you need one. Yeah. When you consider what they, they had him do in that, in that moment of establishing his character on the show <clears throat> and showing that he's got a knife cutter or a box cutter and he's cutting himself for the 28th time. That alone is enough to tell me that this guy is absolutely ruthless. And I don't know if a backstory is needed because it may actually take away from that, Holy crap, this guy's crazy. But if you see how he maybe possibly turned crazy, I don't know if it would 
had that same validity like it did yeah. on that shock value last night. Mm-hmm. I think one of his, I think his one of his back I think one of his first backstories in the comic books was that his his parents got killed in an accident and he went into like this major state of depression and got basically crazy and just out of therapy it kind of eases his soul by killing these people. So really he's just a cutter that needs an excuse to cut. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's that was one wow. version, so, you know. Again, I don't think maybe that's maybe that's mentioned, you know, or something like that, but I don't think um, I don't think we we'll there won't be a, like an episode to go, devoted to that at mm-hmm. all. Okay. So, then unless it goes 10 seasons, you never know. They yeah, may maybe. throw an episode in. Right. But uh I, there's so many other characters that they could go in and delve into. He right. he's kind of that tertiary character in the in the Batman universe. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Well what about Joker sightings? Uh was there any in this episode? I didn't this one I really didn't see any. Um I have no idea. There wasn't much of anything other than the two henchmen uh in the warehouse scene and then you get the close up of the one cop with the glasses when he bolts when Zaz shows up, that's about the only times I can remember cutaways of anybody, unless they were off in the background. So maybe, like you said, Joker always uses knives. You know, with Penguin pulling a knife out, stabbing—that's like a Joker move. You know, I don't know. You know, but that's 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 stretching. I don't. Yeah, it's, it's very prevalent in the pilot episode, and since then, it's it's gotten it seems like less and less. Right, grabbing more straws now. So I'm well, expecting a big one coming up soon, personally. Hmm. You know, Dave and I talk about uh, the New Fifty Two a lot, and one of the things we've been talking about lately is just the fact that the Joker doesn't uh, he's not very involved in the Batman universe. Even though a lot of people think every story is right. Joker centric, it's not. He's only been in it probably like maybe what. Five issues. Well, he's only been in one. Well, no. Between Detective and then the the Death of the Family. Well, Death of the Family, he was across a lot of them, you know, because he crossed over into Batgirl and yeah, all those. But there was a total of like maybe there was a total of like fifteen to twenty issues, and right. that's across so but many. That's different... one story. Yeah, it was one story. But to me, that's that's been really good about what they've done in New Fifty Two is keeping him away from it, and he's yeah. about to come back because when he does come back, it means a lot more. So I think if they go away from it for a little bit, and then we get another, well, like, holy crap, that might have been the, you know, right. instead of, oh, we're just way here. And yeah, yeah. Apparently this next one is, it's called Endgame right. by Scott Schneider, and it is apparently, basically, real quick, they describe, he real describes quick. it as death of the family being Joker's love for Batman. This being his hatred of Batman. Mm. So Read comics. Yep. We're about out of time, but uh, we haven't really talked about the twist. <laughs> twist. The, the, the twist. The end the scene. Uh, new music, it seems like, for Penguin when he's walking up. He's got the umbrella, we think. Is he taking out Falcone? Mm. But then we get this flashback with everything's been planned out. and I really don't think it was Penguin's idea for it to work out that way. You know, I'm well, sure he, he hatched it in the, in the moment when he... Totally met Falcone, but but he took a major gamble that Gordon actually wasn't going to shoot him. Right, right. So real quick, because we are almost out of time here. Thoughts on this twist? On the twist, it goes back to what he said at the warehouse. He can identify people's weaknesses. He knew that Jim Gordon could not turn bad. Yeah, that's true. 
so he didn't have to worry about losing his life to Gordon. As long as he can make that puppet string move, everything else would go into motion. Because money and greed and everything in Gotham is what dictates lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And he was able to make all the other strings move on that, on that marionette. Mm -hmm. And then the other weakness you're talking about, too, is he got to Falcone by saying, I have a secret. Right. Falcone doesn't like secrets. So he got him to go along with it by telling him the big secret he knew, which was, you know, Mooney wanted him out. So, um, yeah, very well played. Very, very well played. And I, I did not see that coming. Right. So fantastic, fantastic twist. And it's good you said that because about Falcone because that goes back to what I was mentioned earlier with he's this gentleman in the world of the crime lords mm -hmm. where he appreciates someone telling him the truth. Right. And you are rewarded for that. With yeah, his Gordon. life, you know, he got a choice. He's like, you're going to roll the dice here, and if he doesn't kill you, then you're good. Yeah. And that, it, it just... But he said that to Gordon, too, when Gordon believed him. Yeah. At the end, too. He's like, you know, I, 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 I'm glad you put trust in me, so I'm going to let you live. So he's a gentleman. It's true. Gentleman crime, crime boss. Right. <laughs> and that's why I think he hasn't touched the young lady. Yeah, that's He's going to wait for her to make the first move, and Mooney's going to be on her about that. Mm. If she doesn't move soon, because mm. Mooney wants to take him down now. Because she will be upset. She will. She will be. There will be blood. And all I'll say is, how dumb is Barbara? That's <sighs> dumb. Just. That's dumb. Yeah. Just I understand. Leave. Just go back to not wearing pants most of the time. Absolutely. And... Absolutely. She doesn't. No pants, Barbara. I guess so. Pay attention to the, episodes. to the earlier yeah, episodes. Never She's, wearing pants. Yeah, never. But, oh, yeah. Anyway, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you, Charles, for uh, filling in for Corey. Thank you, Dave, fun. for being Dave. Uh, <laughs> Dave is is at DCottingham21 on uh, Twitter. He is at, at BigBlue8. Big yeah. I know. I'm glad you Blue 8 on Twitter. Uh, listen to Charles occasionally on the Pod Gravy podcast. And is it too early to talk about Toy Chuck? I, it's coming. Okay. So uh, the domains are bought. and Toy Chuck. And th it's coming. Coming soon. For is, all it, is it, is it going to be a podcast needs. now? Oh, no, no. Just oh. just a toy website for now that you can buy all sorts of wonderful collectibles. Ch Chuck's been <laughs> on the podcast a few times, too, actually. That's right. So. That's right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, shoot me a message. The network. Yeah, shoot me a message anytime. I'd love to talk about anything. It's comic books or action figures. All day. So. all day. All day. All day. All day. All day. We've got a new contest coming up soon. We have yes. a winner for our last one. We will actually announce that next time because I forgot <laughs> to write it down. But yeah. uh, we're going to be launching another one, and it's going to be even bigger and even better. Maybe a few overlapping, like, year-long ones. We have, I haven't talked to you about this yet. <laughs> we got things, though. We got balls in the air. We got balls. So, uh, until next time, <laughs> you stay frosty. This has been a production of the 21 Network. For more great podcasts, visit 21network.com. To view additional content, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash 21network. Follow us on Twitter at 21network for the latest news and updates. The 21 Network, for the fan and all of us.